It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritais and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. And now it's time for two tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard and Josh Elmer. Ah, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome in. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Uh, no, I did not uh, sign up for one Brian Harmon locking this thing down last week at Hoy Lake. But sure enough, that is uh, where the finish line took us to. Uh, Brian Harmon really just uh, unfazable throughout the, the week. So we've got our majors, champions of 23. That's in the book. John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Wyndham Clark, and Brian Harmon, the, the final name to the list. So we can react to all of it today. What do we make of the majors champions that were? And first up, the, the champion golfer of the year. Brian, we kept waiting for the cracks in the foundation to start for Harmon, but it just, it just wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to allow that to happen at Hoy Lake. The guy that drives it the best and puts the best usually wins. And, boy, the stats bore that out. That guy, I mean, I, we talked about him last Saturday, how well he had played up to that point. And, you know, he made a couple of bogeys early on Saturday and came right back with or a couple, and came right back on the front nine and got some birdies to get him right back Sunday couple of bogeys early looked like he you know it got to be where he was 10 under and Ron was seven you're like okay now we've got something wrong again he just said no thanks I'm gonna go ahead and make a couple birdies and extend this back out to five and that's pretty much where it stayed all day Sunday right Josh it is yeah I mean he just put it so great throughout the week and it became one of those major championships the uh, standard bearer in this regard for me by the way is that, uh, and interestingly enough, when we reconvene for the, is it the U.S. Open again next year? I think it is. For for Pinehurst number two, well, part two in the last uh, decade, Martin Keimer's win at Pinehurst was the ultimate, okay, yeah, this is not going to get interesting, is it? Major championship for me. It's like you kept waiting. Okay, Keimer, I mean, you can't keep lapping the field, right? You can't keep lapping the field. And sure enough, one hole after another after another, and he he just never fell apart. And this uh, this major championship, because Brian Harmon, unless you are a diehard golf fan, each of the final two major champions of this season, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, they don't have that same cachet worldwide as a John Rahm, a Brooks Koepka, right? They're not as well known. So you kept kind of waiting, okay, when is Brian Harmon going to go off the tracks here a little bit? And, uh, again, bit by bit, he just he just wasn't going to allow that to happen because of how well he putted and, you know, in a lot of ways because of the great start he got off to. No, I agree, Josh. Um, 
What's Martin Keimer done in the in the major sense? Like virtually nothing? No. I mean, that week. I mean, just like unheard of. And that's what makes that story that, that you share so amazing is that you lap the field, but then you're unheard of. It's like, I mean, people knew of him before that, but it's like he's just not been in the mix in any real way since then. And you brought up, would that happen to Wyndham Clark after his win at the U.S. Open? He fared pretty well sure at you know in the open championship and I, I feel like you know he's got enough game to to make some runs but you know we when you reference those champions of the majors this year there was one particular name that was left off and again another year goes by sure nothing for your favorite golfer Rory McIlroy and that will be my friend a big piece of the discussion today and it was uh, immediately after too I flipped on uh, the golf channel once things went final and and just was kind of paying attention over there for a little bit hearing what Brandel Chambly and others had to say and that was one of the main pieces they led with right it was hey Brian Harmon won but what about Rory McIlroy and so on and so forth? So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely dive into that. I think we have to. Well, sure, right? I mean, we it goes right back to that analogy we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Is he the modern-day Greg Norman? It's like you talk about he's always in the hunt but ends up a bridesmaid somehow. Yeah. No, it's uh, – nine years ago I would have told you you're nuts – if I would you, have agreed with you 100%. If you told me nine years ago that we would be back here talking about Rory hadn't won another major championship, I would have said, okay, uh, no chance. No chance. And yet that's that's where we, we find ourselves. We can we can discuss the Rory component to this. I think we have to. Uh, John Rahm, I, I signed up. I bought it uh, all the stock up, hook, line, and seeker. Oh, are you kidding me? After what happened on moving day, this guy, he's going to go duplicate it. He's breathing down Brian Harmon's neck. He's, he's coming for the top of the leaderboard on Sunday, and it did not transpire that way. So, I mean, it's still a great year for John Rahm because he opened the major season with a major championship, but I was expecting a little bit more. Remember the stat, Josh, that we talked about, right? Remember the stat. When a guy shoots 60 three or better in a major only once the following round have they broke 70 that's crazy what uh it's just so hard when you go super low on a very very difficult track like that to back it up even for the best players in the world let alone you know your local chop that's playing here at jimmy austin or belmar one of those those tracks you know to go low two days in a row is so hard to do well, and it's, it's so weird, though, because you see that 68, 67 back-to-back all the time, right? 69, 67, what, what, whichever numbers, maybe even a 66 here or there, right? But, uh, yeah, as soon as you go super, super low, it's, I, I, the psychology of that, why that hasn't happened is, uh, is kind of weird. But Brian Harmon is our champion. He uh, refused to blink, and... Well, the the final moment on the American side of the broadcast sounded like this for one Mr. Harmon. And Harmon makes his history at Hoylake. 
It's the 15th American to win this championship in the last 20 years. <laughs> I love uh, I love that little piece of it on the uh, the, the US zinger side. from a zinger, right? <laughs> Uh, that's that's kind of uh, an interesting note, though, too. I, I would imagine if if it's not, I mean, that's got to be right up there. I think it is the greatest stretch of American golf in the uh, Open Championship, right? 15 out of 20? I, I There can't be another stretch of 20 years better than that. Well, let's just say it. The uh, men's professional golf game is dominated by Americans and has been for quite some time. And, and even those folks that are not – born in America are all coming here to practice and live and and uh, play with fellow PGA Tour players, just like we hear up, up at Oak Tree National where those guys, you know, assemble and, and play and try to make each other better. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's surprising, but in a way not surprising because look at, you know, the factor I look at is the European Tour – is just completely devalued now. It's not what it was in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Those guys don't play over there for more than a couple years. They get to the PGA Tour as fast as they can full-time. Sure. Because of the what? Money. Money. Money, baby. Money talks. Oh, wow. That's that's wild, Josh. Money talks. Uh, for Oh, how much money did Justin Thomas make this weekend? Uh, a big fat nothing burger. Nothing burger. But yet they're still talking about. And we've got to discuss this later. Another great topic. How could you put him on the Ryder Cup team? He is playing like absolute dog do. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's not been good at all. I want to say, going off memory here, that it's five out of seven cuts that he's missed now. Uh, so yeah, he's he's not playing well at all. We discussed it last week, but. Uh, Man, it's a mess for Justin Thomas, and we will we will deep dive that. Well, you got to ask: Is it more mental than physical now? Right? Oh, I think so. I mean, this guy was a cut making machine before he fell on this tough stretch, and while he didn't always win, he made tons and tons of cuts. So, this he's in a place where he's never been, and at a certain point, that starts to really impact your psyche of like. Can, what's what's wrong? What am I doing? What happened to me? Yeah, why am I broken? Yes. <laughs> why am I broken? We're, we're talking about somebody that just last year, you, me, and probably everybody else in the state of Oklahoma went down to Southern Hills, and here was the champion at Southern Hills was, was Justin Thomas. Now, it wasn't uh, wire-to-wire championship, and thank you, Mito Pereira. Hey, but he held the trophy at the end and got the paycheck, which is all that matters. Now – Hopefully, JT sent Mito's caddy a fantastic <laughs> Christmas gift because Mito's caddy, as we talked about before, is like, you should have taken the driver of his hand and broke it. Yeah. I mean, no, no you're not hitting driver. You will hit this hybrid straight Fairway. left. Straight left. Get it, get it playable, and let's go win this championship. Did not uh, obviously work out that way, and the rest was history for JT. Maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but since we're talking Justin Thomas, and, and I do want to spend more time on it later, JT, before that uh, major championship win last season, I want to say that it's not like he had been necessarily playing great before that. No, he wasn't playing great, but he he was still playing Justin Thomas-like. Very, it, wasn't, it wasn't like this. Very well, always a threat. He's not even a threat right now. And you start talking about putting him on a Ryder Cup team where, you know, the Europeans have dominated over the last 
10 cycles. Right. And, you know, for everybody on the American side here, you would you would hope that they're pretty motivated to go win this thing where, yeah, it's, you know, Ryder Cup history of late has not been uh, has not always been friendly for uh, for the Americans. So Brian Harmon wins. Let's hear from the champion next. I found uh, Brian Harmon to be very, very likable in and the I, aftermath of this. And I've got a great stat for you when we come back about Mr. Harmon. Okay, I, I love that. So Brian Harmon wins. Let's hear from the champion. We've got a stat uh, to share with the folks. And then uh, the, the other items we discussed as well right around the corner, Rory McIlroy. Uh, what do we make? Another year goes by. No major championship to speak of for McElroy. John Rahm uh, was right there going into the finale of this thing, and, and he doesn't win either. So just the, the Sunday that was, the the final couple of days that were. <laughs> right, yes. It was a we, snooze fest on what, Sunday. What do we make of the snooze fest, and what are the big takeaways from this uh, 151st Open? It's the Gimme Zone opening T.O., and we're back next right here on The Ref. And Harmon makes his history at Hoylake. Harmon into the winner's circle, just like uh, you, I, and, uh, well, no, no. Not like uh, any of us predicted. But hey, you suckered me into the Tommy Fleetwood pick I again. Know, I, know. I was like, I didn't go with Rom because of the stat. And I got suckered into the Tommy Fleetwood going, all he's got to do is have a, a pretty good round, make a charge at him. Because, you know, all the fans, you know, I thought it was pretty classless. They were outwardly cheering against Brian Harmon the entire time until the very end when it, you know, it was apparent that there was no way that Tommy Fleetwood was going to be in the victory circle. So I was like, Oh, I got sucked in again on this Tommy Fleetwood deal. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've done it. We joked about it, how we both get sucked in. I know. I know. Like, oh, we're just gluttons for punishment, Josh. Un- unavoidable. But he was right there. I know. And he's like, okay. And that was like the closest he's been going into a final round. You know, he was kind of right there in the Masters one time. And I got sucked in then. I'm like, Ah, when am I going to learn? But, it, you know, but this one, too, with all due respect to Brian Harmon, who winds up being fabulous, that's not Dustin Johnson leading by four or five shots or McElroy or Rom or Tiger, in, Tiger. His, in his prime, right? You know, when Tiger had that lead in his prime, it was over. Yeah, nobody's, there, nobody's catching him. Even the most, you know, astute golf fan, most did not think it was over starting Sunday because we've seen epic collapses. The weather turned on him. It got windy and it got rainy. And so the guys that got out early could post some numbers and some went out there and played fairly well. So you thought, okay, well, we've got these conditions now. Yeah, he's going to crack a little bit. Oh, no, I just shot on par again. <laughs> just another under par day. And Fleetwood, it's like because of that right there, the the weather, I mean, all of the components that you were looking for to happen wound up happening to end Saturday into Sunday. The weather did turn. It just it didn't make Harmon blink. But the the playing at home, the the home crowd behind him, oh, he's right there. He still hasn't won a major championship. Yes, you know, and we debated this. Is that an advantage? Is that a disadvantage at times? Yeah, is it more pressure? We talked about this, and we still kind of thought that he would perform. Feed off of it. Yes. And, and you know, 
for Harmon, that's a lot to – you just wonder. I mean, is is Harmon going to feed off of the negativity Well, he him? spoke to that, Josh. He said that motivated him when some fan came up and told him, basically, you're, you're not going to get this done. And he said something in the press about that afterwards. I'm paraphrasing, but he said basically that motivated me to say, no, I'll show you. And, you know, Brian Harmon, as much as, you know, most golf fans didn't know, was very accomplished amateur. Sure. And I think people underestimate him because of his stature. I think he's every bit of 5'7 and maybe 155 pounds. Right. You know, the same size that you were in middle school, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's not that 6'4", 6'2". Yeah, he's not the, you know, over the years, golfers have gotten bigger and more athletic. They really have, you know. You don't have a lot of Ricky Fowlers and those guys out there anymore. And even the ones that are smaller in stature have really gone to – improving their body and strength, a.k.a. Rory. I'll give him credit for that. That dude bombs it for a guy that's 5'9", 160 pounds. And, and is a workout freak and, and has been for years. And you know who changed all that? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Yeah, totally modernized and revolutionized the nutrition and strength and conditioning piece for uh, for the golf world. Well, and we heard about it even from our high school coaches when we had Coach Gross and Coach Rayner on talking about that, that that's all the way down, you know, at that Here. level. Not just, you know, and then Coach Hibble echoed that as well when we had him on. It was, no, that's a big part of what we do. This is not just go out and practice and, and get in 18 today. No, there's a whole regimen to get your body ready to perform at the highest level. Yeah, I'm trying to... Uh, I'll do some digging here and get the uh, actual quote or just find the audio of Harmon talking about that heckler. But uh, it was something to the effect of, I I think it was, you don't have the stones for this. Yes, I think that was essentially it. And And I think that was Harmon's version, which was cleaned up, because I think the heckler actually said (laughs) a word other than stones. Sure. That sure reminds with falls. <laughs> right. That I'm guessing that <laughs> I'm guessing you're exactly right. And anyways, listening to Harmon, that that's what kicked things into gear. Not on Sunday, but on Saturday. Remember, you and I were sitting here and we were finishing uh, up the show last week as everything was was live unfolding for us on moving day. And we said, uh oh, as we're leaving. Harmon, couple of bogeys, first five holes, this thing's going the way we thought. And that's part of what led you and I to both get rope-a-doped in, like, oh, man, did you see what John Rob just did? Oh, Tommy Fleetwood, he's playing at home. Here he well, comes. Well, speaking of stones, I mean, for him to make a couple of early bogeys like that on Saturday and Sunday and right the ship immediately, that dude is... I'm so impressed with him and his mental toughness because on that stage, that's really, really hard to do to be that mentally tough to not let that phase you one bit and just go out and birdie the next two holes like he did on Sunday. Well, and it's not like it's not like Sepp Straka, who's a a very good golfer and has won recently, was the the only name in the mix or or uh, Emiliano Grillo. Right. Or Shubanker Sharma. There's. A McElroy there. There's a Jason Day who's won. Uh, I'm glad I mean, you tackled that name because I wasn't even going to try that. Shoebonker? <laughs> uh, know, know your limits, Josh. I know mine. Indeed, yes. Uh, 
proceed with caution, everybody, with pronunciations. John Rahm was there. I mean, there was big names, right? Cam, Cam Young, Young. Cam Young. Back-to-back oh. opens that he played very, very well in. I think that's a name you better circle because he seems to play those courses really, really well. And, you know, once, okay, but twice we got a pattern. Sure. I'm So a name to consider for Troon. Right? Uh, Absolutely. Right around the corner next year. Harmon, though, holds off everybody. He wins it. And speaking of the hecklers, this is a couple minutes, but it's good. It's with Dan Patrick. Uh, Brian Harmon spoke a little bit about said hecklers with uh, with Dan Patrick, but he was asked first uh, this from Mr. Dan Patrick. When did you realize that you could win the Open Championship? I tried my best not to think about it. Um but I started getting some really good feelings like, you know, obviously back nine, got a big lead. But I just knew that if I could just stick to what I was doing, the 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 I didn't feel like there was anybody that could beat me. I was playing really, really good. I'd been putting so good all week. I just felt like I was in control and felt like I was finally able to, like, play against myself and not worry about what anybody else was doing. When did you realize that this could slip away from you if you did entertain those thoughts? Oh, yeah. I mean, the – I mean, you're – I was a ball of nerves Saturday and Sunday, and I hit some loose golf shots, especially to start of the day, both Saturday and Sunday. And I hit it, hit it right in the middle of a gorse bush on a reachable par five, number five um, Sunday. Here, Rory's making birdies. John Rahman just made a birdie, and obviously, you know those guys are going to play great. You know that they're going to give you a hundred percent, and they've done it, and I hadn't. So it would have been a nice spot for me to let the wheels come off, but I was proud of the way I hung in there. But what's it like when you know the gallery wants to see somebody else win? They, they don't care for an underdog over there. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> they all, they all, these old Cinderella <laughs> underdog stories, right? Yeah, it was it was brutal, man. They were. Uh, I've always appreciated the fans there because they're very knowledgeable. They 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 know when to clap. They know, you know that they they know the game and they know guys like me. They know me by you know I can go to tour events in the United States and a lot of people have no idea who I am and that and that's totally fine but over there they they cover golf a little differently and and uh, so I've always appreciated their knowledge of the game but boy do they not want me to win that golf tournament <laughs> that's pretty good see just sounds like a likable guy as a champion I mean the way uh the way he's talking about Rory and those guys it's like you yeah, you know they're going to make a run at you. And saying he was a ball of nerves both Saturday and Sunday, just very honest and obviously uh, sharing a little bit uh, what he was dealing with in terms of the hecklers as well. No, Josh, that's what I liked about it. He was really honest. Some people would never admit that they were a ball of nerves. And, and I, and I like the fact that he comes across as just your average Joe that's appreciative that he can play golf for a living. You know, there's no smugness to him that there are with some people. And maybe he's just not made it high enough yet to get that. Hopefully he doesn't ever. But I, I like the guy now. It's a guy that I could really root for. This was, uh, this was pretty good, too. He was uh, sharing the story about, uh, well, how he was going to celebrate the Open Championship. I did. Uh, I had a nice week a couple weeks ago, and I bought a new tractor for my hunting place. So I'll get home, and I'll be on the tractor uh, mowing grass uh, in the next week. I'll be very excited about that. So that's going to be your reward. You're going to ride your tractor. Yeah, I might take a whole day and just, just put my phone away and go get my own tractor. 
I'm a little bit lost because I've never known an open champion celebrate by mowing grass on a tractor. It's I got funny. a lot of layers, man. I'm like an onion. <laughs> it's a 105 horse Kubota tractor, and it's <laughs> it's going to be a pretty one. I, I haven't told my wife how much I spent on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has to worry about how much he spent on the Kubota tractor, but... I think Kubota's probably just lined up to be the newest sponsor. They have to, right? I mean, what, I mean, a great, what a great name drop. I mean, just so casually, boom. <laughs> I, I love the uh, reporters there, too, across the pond that... Uh, have you... Uh, have you... Um, oh, gosh. Why, why am I blanking here? Have you seen uh, the, the soccer show... Ted Lasso? Yes, thank you. Oh, gosh. I'm like having a mental breakdown over here. Have you seen uh, – you, you've watched Ted Lasso. I have a little bit. I haven't watched every season. I, I think I've watched a season and a half maybe. There's <laughs> somebody like, by the way, screaming, Ted Lasso! <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, the reporter from Ted Lasso, I, I'm reminded of – I think his name's Krim – it sounds like Krim right there. He's so fascinated. Wait, so your celebration, you are going to go mow grass. It's like, well, yeah, it's, it's how he's going to celebrate. It's an well, exciting thing. you know, and they're not real big into hunting in Europe either. They, you know, so <laughs> right. so the, the novelty of that is probably lost on them. But, no, that reporter, I mean, and Ted Lasso is so stereotypical of what you see, like, you know, in a in a British reporter, especially the you know at the Open Championship, right? Oh, that's funny though. Well, uh, speaking Brian- of things you're watching, you know I have got head over into this billions. Is it good? What's it on? Oh my, yeah, it's it, I, I get it on Apple TV. It's on a Showtime original. But okay, it is a great story. I'm I'm like in season two and and. I, I can't put it down now. It's it's an addiction. So <laughs> while while we're talking binge shows, watching, I feel like have you seen Secession? I have not. I feel like you'd really really like that. That's uh that that's on Max, but uh, Billions. Okay, so uh, need need to check that out. I'm we're in the market. Amanda and I always uh for good shows to stream. So I'll put it on the. Uh, the list of yeah, need to even watches. Casey likes that. So it's not just a you know because some shows are more male oriented <laughs> right. than others, but even Casey likes it. It's a great storyline. In fact, I watched two episodes this morning. No kidding. You know, woke up at five for no reason at all. Yeah, it's called old man syndrome. Me and Steely, both old guys. <laughs> you know, you just wake up when you have no reason. But I was like, ah, I got time for two episodes there before you go. I head to the station. Well, uh, Brian Harmon, we uh, we know is the champion. The dust is settling on the major season that was. What do we make of all of that? And the the McElroy question. It's time, right? Let's wade into those waters next. What does it mean? Another year goes by. No major championship for Rory McElroy. Plus, uh, anything you guys want to dive into, the uh, text line, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We see you out there, Patrick. And uh, for anybody else, Hey, uh, interact with us this morning. The uh, the hottest take today. We've got a gift card for you, or you know, you wanna you wanna play a little trivia. Where am I from? Right? We we were kicking Where it around. Where is Josh Helmer from? We've uh, you could get very very specific. This is uh, just where where am I from originally? Right? Yeah. And if you listen to this station or this show, probably you know. But uh, you know, I, we're not gonna totally grill you. It doesn't have to be. My hometown, hometown. 
you can name the state. You're you're in good standing for uh, said gift card from us. We've got an interurban gift card to pass along, yeah. or just the hottest take, right? One of our good sponsors. So we'll uh, we'll uh, determine who wins that. The other thing I think we've got to cover on the other side is we know who won the open. Let's talk about who the surprises were that played well and finished, you know, in the top 10 or 20. Other stories that other storylines uh, that we can take from the open uh, folks that played well. That's coming your way. McElroy, the uh, rest of the board, and plenty more as we're just getting going on a Saturday morning. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. we got an interurban gift card to give away to somebody out there. I'm accepting uh, multiple responses, by the way. The uh, initial discussion we had was, hey, name my hometown, Josh's hometown, or eh, we kind of said, you know, home state, just where I'm from. But uh, I'm also accepting hottest golf takes coming out of the uh, Open Championship, too. But uh, hit us up, Knippelmeyer uh, Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Patrick has already jumped in. That's exactly who that sounded like. Uh, Krim from Ted Lasso, the uh, reporter. It's like, wait, so you're going to celebrate by riding your tractor? What are you, nuts? Silly Americans. Unbelievable. <laughs> Celebrating an open by riding a tractor. The uh, the Open Championship is uh, in the books. It is Brian Harmon who has won. And uh, obviously, if you have, you have thoughts on Harmon winning, feel free to give us a shout on the text line or just uh, call us up as well, 405 329 9,000 is the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. But the the other big story, as soon as this thing went final, Golf Channel, anywhere you, you looked in the world of golf, what were folks discussing, Brian? It was, hmm, another year goes by and no major championship for one Rory McIlroy, who played well, played well on Sunday, uh, goes out, shoots three under par, but uh, just, again, the the putting, right? I mean, start to finish in this tournament, uh, the, the strokes gained putting toward the back of the field. Everything else, really good. Putting, not so great. And another year goes by, Roy doesn't win one. The old golf saying, Josh, drive for show, putt for dough. You know, I kind of feel bad for Rory. I don't know your thoughts, but it, it's like Tiger in his prime. If he doesn't win, they view it as disappointment. But if you look at how he played in all the majors, it was phenomenal. He was a factor, all of them. So you just sit there and think, what, what is the expectation? Maybe the general public and the media's expectation is just too high for him. Maybe the bar has been set at an unrealistic level, right? Maybe so. I mean, obviously he's not – answer the call for he's not tiger and, and and we can't make another tiger right tiger you know for his era was unbelievable now the other stat that i sent you how about the chart speaking of unbelievable how about the chart of one jack nicholas we this is worth discussing so from 63 to 80 Here's Jack's finishes in the Open Championship. Yeah, th- this was incredible, by the way. I was blown away by okay, this. Okay, we're starting in 1963, which is before even Steely was born, maybe. Maybe not. Third, second, T12, first, second, T2, T6, first, T5, second, fourth, third, T3, T2, second, first, T2, T4. 
Wow. So we've got an 18-year period that not only did he not miss a cut, his worst finish was T12. That's outside of that. Wild. He was in the top six every time. So as great as Tiger was, and this era of people, the younger folks, realize that, let's not forget how great Jack Nicholas was in his prime. If you want to get down to just sheer any shot they can hit, athleticism, best who like in basketball I always hear people have that uh, okay well you you draft your starting five and I'll draft mine we'll go back and forth so like if you want to do that thing with golf obviously the first two picks off the board are Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods and a lot of folks are taking Tiger Woods first or if I say okay you've got one golf shot to beat the aliens right who are you taking are you taking Nicklaus or are you taking Tiger Woods a lot of people are taking Tiger Woods to take that individual shot right like one shot to save the human race well part of that equation's got to be what equipment are we using right <laughs> exactly cuz you saw the demo of Rory hitting a persimmon driver like Nicklaus used right up until the very end of his career, it was Persimmon Driver. It was like 50 yards shorter. <laughs> totally different world. Totally different world. The heads were smaller. The mm-hmm. sweet stop spot was minute compared to these, you know, stealth drivers that and things like forgive. that that people were hitting. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. So to think that what Nicholas did with what we would say today is inferior equipment. Oh, no doubt. What I think, you know, everybody thinks the fields today are deeper and better. I think what's made the fields deeper and better is the technology improvements. In part, it probably, yeah, has. Well, what I was going to say is, regardless of where you sit on the choose a golfer to save the human race from the aliens, which, of course, is – a metaphor that a lot we of people do have like. aliens now that came out in a Senate hearing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yes. look out. There's aliens out there, folks. It's topical, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the Gibby Zone. Regardless of where you stand kind of in that all-time debate, I mean, look, Nicholas, absolutely. If you're a golf fan, you probably get it. Give uh, Nicholas his flowers. But 18 years, 18 straight years, and the lowest finish is a tied 12th And is 17 absurd. top sixes. Think of, and we've discussed this before, and probably anybody with any sort of golf platform has discussed this before, the, the, the majors that went by. You won 18, if you're Nicholas, but all of the, the top fives and runners-up that didn't convert into major championships for Nicholas, and that, that list right there of 18 straight years at the Open speaks to that. It is, that's, we'll never see that again. It's mind-boggling. You know, speaking of platforms, you know what I like about our platform here on the Gimme Zone? It's two hours, quick hitting, one day a week. We don't do three hours a day. No. It's a quick hitter focused on golf. Because guess what? We know what our audience is here on the ref, right? It's OU fans. OU football, right? That's right. But we get our two hours. That's right. We, we, we get your golf fix right here. Which, uh, the the McElroy discussion, I, I probably saw it. I started talking about aliens and Nicholas. And, and, and somehow Woods. Rory came up with aliens. <laughs> I love 
love it. <laughs> oh, the symbolism. Put, put those pieces together. We probably need to uh, spend a little bit more time on McElroy here in a for moment sure. when we come back. Uh, it uh, was not the finish that he was looking for again. Why? And I think you spoke to an interesting piece of this. He's just maybe not those guys. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that dude as uh, a Nicholas or a Tiger Woods, which is, by the way, how we spiraled into that discussion. But let's continue that next. It's the Gimme Zone. Uh, your uh, phone calls, your texts are welcome right here uh, on the ref, 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. A T.O. and we're back right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. By the way, I think we have our winner. We got our, a winner for our interurban gift card, Patrick. Uh, you are our winner. Assuming that, uh, I mean, this is something you would want. I, I imagine it is. You can just say yay or nay on the text line. But uh, Andover, Kansas, that's correct. That is the that is the hometown for yours truly, home of the craziest tornado I've seen. Patrick hey, says. so speaking of that tornado, Josh, I was there, sitting there at the rest at Abuelos with. Evans basketball team and an AAU travel tournament right there when it happened. And so all these kids are like, you know, it's probably five miles away. Was that last year? Yeah, it was. We're sitting there at Abuelos watching this go down. Like, should we be taking cover? Like, ah, it looks like it's far away. And then all of a sudden it starts turning closer. And we're like, yeah, maybe we should. And, you know, all the – you know, everybody's phones got the emergency alert going, and all the pa- take cover now. I mean, I don't think there was, but maybe one parent other than me and the coaches, and parents are all texting. Are are you guys safe? <laughs> well, sort of. We're to Blalos. <laughs> we hope we are. Yeah, that's that's spooky. I had uh, obviously, you know, friends from back home that were, uh, you know, videoing and stepping outside, or you know taking cover, you name it, a little bit of everything that were right there across the path that it took. And I think Patrick is referring to that early 90s uh, F5 that ripped through Andover. Well, yeah. yeah, there seems to be a track there. The Andover seems to be a little bit like Moore is here, it right? It is. It is, for whatever reason. Uh, Rory McIlroy, we teased it before the break, talked a little bit about it last segment. Why can this guy not get it done? I mean, outside of the obvious, which is the putting, you know, you would think at some point you just like, stumble into a good putting week well you say that but uh look at Scheffler right I mean Scheffler is hitting the ball leaps and bounds better than everybody else based on the stats but yet is in the bottom 10 percent of the field you know the stat was somebody gave a Scheffler just been middle of the field he would have won all four majors that's crazy middle of the field putting yeah middle of the field oh my gosh I mean you got to fire your one of your coaches, right? Well, I don't think so. I think putting is very mental, and I think it's very momentum-oriented. And while Rory's putting was better this year than it has been in previous years, it's still not at the level you need to to win major championships. And Brian Harmon showed us that. And the stat that we talked about off the air, I think it was 41 of 42 from inside 10 feet. That's crazy. For the week. That's that's crazy. And I didn't even think he had 42 putts for the week the way he right. I mean, but gosh. I mean, that's just filling it up there. It's almost impossible to not be – you're going to be in contention. And 
unless something just goes horribly wrong on, you know, a couple of holes getting out of a bunker or this or that. Which oh, could... you'd have had to have a bunch of foul balls off the tee or something, right? You yeah. Know. I mean, you're going to win every time doing yeah. that or be right in contention. And, you know, when you think about Rory, it really – it's got to be that simple, right, that what's the missing piece between himself and greats of yesteryear? He didn't putt as well. Well, and every year that goes by, it adds more and more pressure onto that, right? Because eventually you start thinking, well, I'm not I'm not that young anymore. You know, there's a lot of guys out there 10, 12 years younger than me that are bombing it just as far as I do or further and really have no conscience. And so they're not they're not scared of me. So we're we're running out of time this hour. I want to carry just a final piece of this conversation over, and then let's talk about the rest of the leaderboard because it's not just Rory McIlroy. No, there's some other great stories that we need to talk about that evolved not just in that major, but it, you know started earlier in the year that I think we need to talk about. Some very popular names that seem to have resurrected their games. Sure, sure, and uh, that that first time winner. What uh, do we need to update that list? Do we need to rethink about it? Uh, after uh, this past season. But McElroy, time to recalibrate, I think, our expectations for McElroy. We'll discuss that next. Plus, anything you guys want to get into out there, you can give us a call. 405-329-9000 is the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is all yours. 405-651-3439. Hour number two is next. So you're on vacation right now. Yes. Vacation, vacation week for uh, Brian. Everybody's everybody's out of town. It's beautiful, you know. Just me and the cat <laughs> and billions have been my weekend so far. And right? golf, right? And golf, you know. Getting ready to go to the Jimmy today, and you know how our intro says there's no gambling at Bushwood. There might be a little <laughs> bit of friendly wagering going on today at the Jimmy. Maybe. Which, which, by the way. We, what was the wager that you and I made, a friendly wager with one another? Well, I think we had a burger we picked golfers. bet. And I'd have to pull the list, but I'm pretty sure that you were the winner. I'd have to pull that list. I've got it in the car. Well, yeah. It's, do you remember the list? I, I I wrote it down. I definitely had, I feel like, McElroy, Fleetwood, Fowler, and... I don't remember who the other two I I think had, right? I remember looking that uh, like three of my five did not make the cut. So I <laughs> right. said, out of default, I'm going to owe Josh one of those inner urban burgers. So so how about that? I love it. Or we could do, you know, we Louis or any of our other fine sponsors, you know. We can talk through that. Yes. It'll be, I, uh, it'll be the burger of Josh's choice or even the garage. I, I mean, the garage makes a great burger. Initially, I'm trying to think who I replaced Mickelson with because I was going to take Mickelson for fun, and then I was like, no, that's not I, – I better replace that pick. And it was a good thing I did because uh, Mickelson, uh, it did not go well. This uh, – you know, Harmon was the third lefty Open champion, uh, champion golfer of the year all time. That's kind of a weird stat, but uh, he was the third. Joined, joined Mickelson, obviously, on that list. What's the third? I, I I could pull it up here was for you in a Bob second. Was it Bob Charles, maybe? That, I think that's exactly who it was. Yes, I think it was. So, yeah, it just uh, three all-time. That shows my age, right? Because Bob <laughs> Charles is about 90 right now. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, though. You're, just like yesterday. Uh, Rory McIlroy, just a final little piece here. Because of what you said, and as I'm thinking about this, 
one of the big talking points was, well, wait a second now. This was about the time that it actually was a little bit before this when Mickelson, speak of the devil, won his first major championship. Now he has six, right? So all of his hay in his career was from this point forward in terms of winning major championships. McElroy has four, and the way that he's playing, the way that he looks, okay, it's not unthinkable that all of a sudden he, he, he rediscovers or figures out how to go win these things going forward. And yet I'm here to tell you, you know, for me, yes, it's time to recalibrate our expectations for Rory McIlroy. I don't expect it all. Now, can McIlroy go win a couple? Can he go win three major championships over the next 15 years if he decides to play for 15 more years? I thought he's going to quit. Well, he he might. <laughs> if, <laughs> if he has to be, if he has to be he has on to the live, he's going to quit. So if he joins the live, I'm taking the unders. <laughs> yes. But I'm also taking the overs that he doesn't quit because nobody's walking away from that type of dough. Sorry. If you had told me, and we mentioned this earlier, nine years ago after he what uh, won at Valhalla and, and won at Liverpool right before that. Hey, we got a major next year at Valhalla too, by the way, the PGA. It goes back to a couple of the venues that it was at a decade ago in Pinehurst and Valhalla. It uh, it returns to both of those two. So if you had told me nine years ago that we'd be sitting here and McElroy wouldn't have added one more anywhere, I would have said, no way. I mean, what was he hurt? What happened? No chance that uh, he goes all those different major championships and doesn't pick off one. And yet that's where we are, and that's where we are. And because of that, Brian – I'm here to say that my expectations of McElroy's going to be this double figure. I would have told you nine years ago, McElroy's getting a double figure major championships. I, I just think he's one of those types of golfers. Sure, the, uh, the Grand Slam, absolutely he's getting it. I still think the Grand Slam, I'm going to say yes, it's going to happen. That at some point he wins at Augusta. Well, it's the easiest one for somebody with his game to win, right? Because he's so long and the fairways are wide open. It is a bomber's paradise. But and he's played well there. And he's played well there. You're, but but putting's very critical there as well. Sure, it so. is. But but you're right. I mean, if you gave me the old Lee Corso, not so fast on his trajectory. But the my thought on it is this. I think he's going to win another major, and I think when he does, he's going to win a couple. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that gets on a bit of a roll, feels better about himself, and he'll win a couple. Now, we saw this time at the Open, which is where he won before, he did not win. So I think there'll be a lot of pressure at Valhalla because of that, knowing that he won there before, right? Just like this one. Yes, so I think there'll be some added pressure in that particular major, and there's always the added pressure at Augusta because he hasn't done it. But how many golfers have won double-digit majors? You got Tiger, you got Nicholas, and I don't. Palmer I, didn't get there. No, I think it's just the two. Is that it? I think so. So proving again, are we? I mean, are we setting an unrealistic bar? I mean, the two only the only ones you know with those type of majors. I know you're going to Google it up, Forrest. Um, is that, you know, you... Oh, 
I missed one. Walter Hagen. That's only Mike Steely is old enough to remember that one. <laughs> right. But we had, you know, Ben Hogan with nine. And, and I, Hagen, I mean, Gary Player, I mean, with nine. I, I would not have guessed Gary had that many, but fantastic player. I mean, Tom Watson, eight. So we're talking about some of the old all-time greats, and Arnie just had seven. Um, so we're going to say that for him to be successful, he's got to get in the seven to nine range, right? To, he, to, he to, needs to, to get to what we think his potential. capability is, right? And he's, he's wasted a lot of opportunities yes. over the last nine years. Now, I will say the advantage that he has over some of these guys we see on this list are that, what we referenced earlier, the conditioning and training program of these guys today allows them to play longer than maybe in the you know previous eras because those guys didn't take great care of their bodies, relatively speaking. I mean, Jack Nicholas was never the model of conditioning. Neither, <laughs> neither was uh, Lee Trevino, you know, or even Palmer, right? You know, has had his uh, fire stick out and you know burning heaters the whole day, right? So, you know. There's not you don't you look around. There's not many Craig Statlers out there anymore. No, no, that's that's right. You've got folks that are dialed into again the strength and conditioning nutrition component. And Rory has been, you know, obviously Tiger was the pioneer, but Rory's been, uh, you know, right there in the mix of that charge in yeah. terms of his uh, his workout regimen and uh, you know the amount of time and energy that he spends on it because. I think early in his career, right, he's talked about this, that basically somebody told him, you know, if you want to play a long time, you got some uh, issues with your swing and with your back, and so you better work on that core if you want this to be a long, long-term deal. And, and give him credit, he has. No, I agree. No, so what we, need, what we need the text line to weigh in on right here, was Mike Steely present to see Walter Hagen right. win one of his majors? Was he at – and we'll even we'll throw in Harry Varden. Was Mike Steely present in either of those? And which championship from uh, Varden or Hagen did he enjoy the most? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Walter Hagen with uh, peace and love. You almost sort of, for our discussions in modern golf history here, you sort of wipe that one from the the top of the board. I mean, obviously he's got eleven majors, and he would be the third name with double figure majors. But for all intents and purposes, yes, there's Jack Nicklaus. And there's Tiger Woods, right, that have won 15-plus majors or just double-figure majors, period. McElroy was on that type of trajectory, and it didn't happen or, and probably isn't going to happen because of the last So you're saying years. it's not going to happen? Well, I don't think so, no. I mean, the idea of him winning six majors now? I'm not arguing with you on that. I think, he'll, I think he's a guy that's going to hunt a lot, but he's not going to get across the finish line. I mean, I think he's got the game because assuming he continues to drive the ball as well as he does, that is a massive advantage for him with that length and accuracy combination. But if he – I don't think – I think you're right, Josh. I, I can't – I cannot give you the not so fast on that one. I think you're spot on. Well, and if he matches what he's done so far, which is a monumental ask, right, to go win four more major championships, that would then put him even with Tom Watson – and that means there's only five golfers ever that would have more major championships than Rory McIlroy, assuming that, you know, Phil Mickelson doesn't go win three majors. I don't see that happening, uh, you know, in the time between whatever whatever amount of time period it would take for McIlroy to, to double up. Is that doable? I mean, 
I don't know, maybe, but you probably touched on the most important piece of this, which is, you know, a couple more major championships for McElroy, and he's even with Mickelson. He's even with Faldo. He's even with Trevino. Three more, and he's even with Palmer, with Sneed, with Sarazen, with uh, Bobby Jones and Varden. And it feels like, I mean, that, right? I mean, isn't that sort of the expectation for McElroy is six, seven major championships? I mean, now? Well, let's just play this what if. I mean, if we put Tom Watson in one hand and Rory McElroy in the other, and we ask the most astute golf fans, which of those two has more talent or had more talent in their prime? What do you think the poll comes out? Oh, I think it's, I mean, it's a landslide for McElroy. I agree. I agree. So, what it what it comes down to is being able to get it done when you're right there hunting because you're only hunting so many times unless you're a Nicholas or Woods, right? Those yes. guys seemingly were always hunting. But Nicholas, even much more so as evidenced by our stat earlier. So, And, and then if you look at it, he's got the record for most top threes in majors by a landslide. And so, you, you know, I think – so far, as great as his skill set is, I would say he has not achieved what the general public thinks. And I don't think it's unrealistic to say that. I just think he hasn't achieved it. I mean, think about it. Zach Johnson has two majors. Right. Martin Keimer, two majors. Yeah, There's a bunch Johnson of guys that— Johnson is a guy that has two, and I would say I was shocked that he didn't win more, right? Bubba Watson, uh, I mean— couple of green jackets. And right? is, is DJ right there in that same category? Guy with all that skill and as yet only got it across the finish line twice. Yeah. I mean, I mean Dustin Johnson absolutely is uh, – he's probably a bigger failure than McElroy, you'd have to say. Well, he certainly hasn't played near as well as Rory over the last few years. I mean, and, you know, to Rory's credit, he's uh, he got himself involved in this whole live versus, you know, PGA Tour mix. He got suckered into being the – the poster child, and, and, and that probably, you know, took his focus off his game a little bit. We start looking at David Graham and Fuzzy Zeller. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the crazy stat right there is Bernhard Longer, you know, is is he only won two majors, and he's won like um, almost, a bazillion everything. Isn't it almost – is he at 48 or 49 majors in the senior tour? I know. I mean, just he, running he, over those guys. He can't He can't not win the big yeah. events on the senior yeah, tour. Yeah, speak of a guy that's really kept his body in shape. I mean, he's in his, in his mid to late 60s and is in better shape than almost everybody out there. Well, and it goes to show you just, again – that conditioning, nutritional component, it's a, it's a totally different world now. So for McElroy, how, what is the window here? Is it five years legitimately? Is it 15? What, what is the window? Well, I'd say the window is, you know, 40 and under. I mean, there's not many guys after they've hit 40 have, have popped off in one major. And I know, you know we've seen a couple here Bill and there. You had Bill do it at 50. You had Jack do it at 46. But it just doesn't happen that often. Even with the condition these folks are in now, you know, it's just really hard to do because as you age, your nerves and feel go. They and, just do. And you know what else goes with that? The putting, which has never been the strongest to begin your with, feel. yeah. So if you're if you're if you're a guy that struggles with putting, it gets imminently more difficult. Now, Bernhard Longer is one of those guys that has struggled imminently with his putting. He's been much better on the senior tour, but when he was on the main tour, 
That was what held him back. One of the best ball strikers of all time. Simple question for you on the other side, and we, we need to digest some of this other leaderboard. I, looking at this list, I want to talk a little bit about Kepka too, just because, I mean, he's creeping up the board and doesn't necessarily get talked about, I don't think, as this all-time great, and yet the majors are what the majors are. And so he's kind of in shouting distance of some legitimate, legitimate golf history. Uh, McElroy, what uh, what is the legitimacy to he's got a second peak, if you will? Let's talk about that next. Plus the the other storylines that we've missed from the Open Championship. There's there's plenty of other. I think, and, and you know, we can widen this out beyond just Royal Liverpool if you want. The, the season that was, because there's more takeaways than just, hey, why didn't McElroy win this thing? What the heck, Fleetwood can't win at home, and, uh, and more. So we'll dive uh, into that next. One final thought on McElroy. Kepka, I, I want to explore that a little bit. And then uh, the storylines we missed from the Open Championship, plus your, your calls, your text, right here. It's the Gimme Zone on The Ref. Back with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. I don't think we talked about this last week. And uh, I'm about to butcher this, so I apologize. One piece that was kind of cool about Royal Liverpool was they kept showing on the broadcast that old, uh, I I don't know, like underground concert venue where the Beatles had performed and and everything right there. Oh, the tie-in. You nailed it right there with Beatles and the Buffer music. Well, that's what what made me think of it. It... uh, that that was kind of neat that they they were showing. Uh, I don't know. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. It's like an old modern. It's it's kind of like what uh, places are doing today, uh, like speakeasies, right? It's almost like that. It feel, was right, and and I I love that. You know, one of our advertisers here, Scratch, you know, has a speakeasy, right? They do, and and I love Scratch. That is uh, an awesome place to hang out. Which, by the way, thank you, uh, Patrick. Uh, congratulations. Appreciate your kind words. We're curious, how do you take in the show? We, we have, uh, we think that probably you're listening on the app, which most folks, you, you should download the app. Just search KREF in the, the App Store, Google Play Store, and uh, it's free. It's always free worldwide where you can uh, listen to this show and any of our programming here uh, on, uh, on KREF, and uh, we, we would love that. Hey, you know what's also important about the app for everybody that doesn't really realize? The app and at kref.com, if you listen online on, on your computer, it allows us to measure our growth so, sure. that, so that we can give those real numbers to advertisers because that is the only way to get real numbers of how many folks are listening. So, which is Brian's way of saying, if you like Download this, the app now. <laughs> that's right. If you like this show, if you like the Monday through Friday programming of The Ref, and uh, you like you know, don't want us to be a fly-by-night operation here, then uh, download the app and, and support us. But uh, we appreciate you out there, Patrick, who has been filling up the text line, and it's really good. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Rory, he's in his own head. Once he wins a major again, he'll probably win a couple more because he'll have that confidence back. That seems like we just said that, right? His other comment, I loved it. it said Mike Steely was walking the fairways with <laughs> Hagen, and I and he knew Ben Hogan personally. <laughs> Love that. Catch it, strays. Mike, defend yourself, please. Defend yourself. Hey, Watson has more grit. What do you think about that? Tom oh, Watson, by for the way. sure. I mean, he stared down Jack Nicholas when he chipped that thing in on seventeen at Pebble Beach, right? The 
the jog around the green, you know, basically snatched victory right away from Nicholas, who was getting ready to win another U.S. Open. You know, we talk about this a lot, Josh, in the different venues that are coming up. I wish the tour would utilize more venues for U.S. Opens and PGAs. They seem to have just a finite list of rotating. I wish they would use more different venues that haven't always been in the mix. PGA is perfect for that. Yeah, the PGA, pick, you know, because I do think there's an enormous number of fantastic golf courses out there that would be perfect to have, you know, a PGA especially. U.S. Open may be a little bit different because of what you have to have is, you know, the type of course. But, you know, I'll challenge the PGA Tour to think a little outside the box and don't always use just these quote-unquote, old historic venues. Like Whistling Straits was cool. Yes. Uh, Chambers Bay was an interesting major championship. I know that the, the Greens, some folks were not particularly pleased with the Greens that week. But, just but it the was vi- the U.S. Open. You know, they could have had that a lot easier for a PGA, right? Sure. And just in terms of the uniqueness of it, Chambers Bay, you remember, right? Because, uh, you know, for good or for bad, you remember Chambers Bay. What What is a non-negotiable U.S. Open? Pebble Beach, right, you'd like to have in the rotation? Well, you to- know. Torrey Pines? Not a fan of Torrey Pines. I mean, I think Torrey Pines, you know, as I'm going to put my Golf Digest panelist hat on. I think Torrey Pines is one of the most overrated golf venues there. The, the views are beautiful. I just don't think it's that great a golf course. It's really not. And, you know. Some of that can be said for Pebble as well. So if I, uh, instead of me just like rattling off the most popular U.S. Open courses of all time, what are what are two or three that you feel like, okay, for example, I've got this idea in my mind right now, okay? You said, hey, you'd like to see things shift around a little bit more. Well, how about, you know, you've got a rotating six that you're always going to play at, Right. Three every five years, and then the other three, the other five years. So six out of ten in a decade, right? And the other two, each five-year cycle, you would just kind of kind of randomize a little bit, right, for United States Open. What would be two or three of, say, that six out of ten that non-negotiable, have to have those for U.S. Open courses. Man, I'd have to give that some thought. I mean, that... that Pebble I mean, Beach was one that immediately came to mind for me. Yeah, and I'm just not as high on it. I, you know, just, I, you know, but it is historic, and I think that's one of the reasons they keep them in there. And, and that's the only reason I mention it. It's not even that I'm in love with Pebble Beach. It's just you hear a lot about Pebble Beach, right? I mean, Pine Valley would be fantastic, right? I feel like... Uh, Oh gosh, uh, Beth Page Black was great. That that to me, I feel like would be a regular stop. Would be nice, you know, in New York City and everything. Is it better as like eight out of ten are locked in, and you wrote, you, you know, you know that those eight you're going to once every decade, and then the other two you can play with a little bit, and then the PGA Championship you just totally dial in, and it's kind of been that way, right? But the PGA, you sort of totally dial into. Hey, we we're just gonna we're just gonna go to different courses. Well, the PGA does, but if you look, they go to a lot of the same courses, right? You know, it, 
so there's just so many great golf courses out there that, I mean, if people will go on to GolfDigest.com and just look at those top 100 golf courses, and many of those are playable, go play some of those, and then you'll come back with a different perspective on some of these great courses. I mean, why couldn't you have a PGA at Karsten Creek? Oh, it'd be awesome. It'd be phenomenal. Right, yeah. that'd and, be a great venue. Those those greens are so difficult, and they can you know that course from those back tees is stretched out so long. I mean, it'd be a great venue. And there's something for new in the sport too. I, I, I it's a battle because you get into the tradition element is obviously important too. And we got a bunch of good submissions here: uh, Oakmont, Wingfoot, Shinnecock, uh, Baltus Raw. I mean, there's yeah, there's venues that have been historic and you want to keep that you want to take advantage of that and at the same time hashtag grow the game that means that you go to some different places too whether that's u.s opens for the national championship or uh, the pga just because we mentioned it before the break one final thought on rory are, are you buying the idea that there's one one more late peak here with the mcelroy like what what are the odds that yes that happens for him or I mean, is this just done? Has he has he missed the window? No, no. I think he's going to win another for sure. And I think, uh, like we had on the text line, I think when he does, he's going to win a couple. You know, another course that I think would be awesome to see, like a PGA at, is Sand Hills. I mean, in Nebraska. Fantastic new course, great design. And, you know, you have, you, you know, one of the hardest golf courses that I've ever played, you know, is Oak Tree National. I mean, and I've played it a lot. It's so I think having that is in the rotation. O- Oak Tree has has not hosted a major? They have. They have. Um but but it it's was been a, it was a PGA. Gotcha. I mean, that's a course that definitely could be a US Open course because it's that hard. And when that Bermuda rough gets up in June like like or July right like right now. And if they knew wow. if they knew it was a US Open they would have it uh, challenging, right? I mean, they'd be able to tailor-make it that way. Oh, they can make that course as hard as they want to. And, and you know, a lot of people say it's one of the, the most difficult starting holes in America. The, number know, one? Number one, yeah. So it, it's like come and get it right away. Which would be terrific for a major. Yeah. You know, you know, there's just so many great courses. Like, to me, like a PGA, throw it at – out at Bandon Dunes even maybe, right? I mean, you get out there and it gets windy as all get out, and that time of year is typically pretty windy. <laughs> it would be dicey, you know. They could uh, they could really um, make that course play difficult too. Well, I- I'm with you. I-, I would love to see see new courses for the U.S. Open and for the PGA Championship. I just think it's good for golf. And I would say the same thing, by the way, for the Open Championship. I'm not, I'm not in this uh, idea that you, you know, St. Andrews, right, and several of these other courses over the across the pond. It's you have to play an Open Championship there, right? But even with that, it's like two out of every ten years. I'm cool with seeing something new. I, I think that's good, uh, good for the game. Brooks Kepka, just one final thought on the hey list of. Uh, major champions, climbing up the list, this and that. We've talked a lot about McIlroy. What about Kepka? I mean, where can he finish 
in this thing. Is he going to wind up as the guy? Because he's already won to the good over McElroy now, thanks to this season. Is he going to wind up as the guy more than Rom, more than McElroy? I mean, feels like DJ's. You know, it's over for him. Kind of feels like so, and he's already. Uh, you know, obviously three in front. Is Kepka the guy from this era that's going to finish with seven, eight, nine approach? Maybe even can he get to double figure majors? I don't expect him to get to double figure majors, but you know, it's it's odd to me that he has already surpassed Rory. You know, and I feel like mentally he's stronger than Rory. You, and you wouldn't think that after watching full swing, right? No, but I mean it's like somebody that was broken in that moment. Oh yeah, I think you know. You know, you've you've heard people talk about professional athletes when they get injured, and that that recovery period is very difficult mentally. I think that was a case in point. But to, it speaks uh, to me. Scheffler and Rom of this era have the greatest potential to approach these big numbers. Yes, I think Scheffler and Rom both could get to double digits. Do I think they will? No. And I definitely think Rom is getting. To five, he he will match what Kepka has done over the course of his career. Scheffler, I'm a little more leery about because he's just not as reliable on the putting surface. Um, and I I do wonder, it's which like, is crazy. And, and you know, it hasn't always been that way. It's just this year. It's like when he won the Masters, it was because of his putting. Sure. And you know, it's a funk right now. He's in a funk. He's got to kind of get out of it and. Maybe in this offseason after the Ryder Cup, he can clear his head and just get it figured out because, man, if he can strike the ball in future years the way he is now, and you, I mean, middle of the pack putting, he wins every tournament. So I think we're in agreement on this. Rom, we're bought in for the next decade, right? Yes. We'll yes. win major championships, will be a factor. I, I think I'm there with Scheffler too, but uh, I'm a little bit, if you ask me one of the two, I'd be a little more leery with Scheffler just because, again, of the putting woes this year. And the natural talent, I give the edge to Rom. obviously, there between the two. Well, so, I might take the other side of really? that. I think Scheffler's more talented. I think Rom might be just a little more mentally tough upstairs. Um, but if, I, if we put Rom, Scheffler, and Rory and say, who's going to win more majors in the next 10 years? I mean, I think Rory finishes third out of those three in my picks. How about you? And he's the oldest. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, those three are clearly the best players in the world right now, right? That's, Is there that's, any argument against that? No, that's where we began the year, and I think that's still uh, Kepka. I mean, did Kepka? Do you toss him in with those guys too? I think he's just a notch below. And I yet know, he won I know, a major. I know it's hard to say that when he won a major, but. And he has won two U.S. Opens, which I think have to be weighted much heavier than any other tournament. If you look at the great champions, the U.S. Opens were the hardest ones to win. The mm -hmm. Masters typically and the PGA have been the easiest to win, right? Yeah. Well, at any rate, I mean, hey, where he fits in that, you know, whatever. We we know that McElroy, Scheffler, Rom. If they're not the top three, if you want to move Kepka in there, they're in the top four. I mean, you know, they're they're right toward the top of the board. And I would say for me, over the next 10, I'm definitely saying Rom wins the most out of that group. I might still take McElroy second. Okay, there we go. 
No love for the Longhorn, says Josh. And I might take Scheffler third. But I love all three. I think they're they're very talented golfers, and they're going to win. Okay, so you you don't like Texas and Longhorns. I'm not, Let's I, just, just, just say it. Come right out and say it. Josh Helmer detests Texas Longhorns. That's right. We just said it right there. Boom. And coming up next on the program, what else did we learn from this Open Championship? I know we've we've been teasing that a little bit. Let's actually pay off the tease. Next, uh, the, the rest of the leaderboard, not McElroy, not, uh, not the champion himself, Harmon. What else did we learn from this major championship? We'll share it with you next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Coming down the home stretch, we still got time for you, though. It's Gimme Zone. We're back. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. And we're waiting on you. Dial us up, 405-329-9000. Riverwind Casino jackpot line where you can talk uh, anything we've, we've jumped into today. Uh, McElroy, why why can this guy not win another major championship? Uh, Kepka, where where does he fit on the, uh, well, they like to say in the sports world, the Mount Rushmore of uh, golf and just the all-time greats? Is he, is he approaching that list for you? And then the, the Open Championship in general. Brian Harmon was uh, an unlikely champion. I would categorize each of the final two. Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon as unlikely champions going in. Clark, you know, probably less so in that variety or, or more so. Who, who was more surprising than the other, Clark or I'd Harmon? Say, I'd say Clark was more surprising because he wasn't nearly as decorated as an amateur as Brian Harmon was. Brian Harmon was a really, really good player. So um, I would say that, although, you know, Wyndham Clark being a, you know, a much larger man, you you know, as long as a lot of these courses are, you'd say he probably has a better chance. But, you know, hey, when you can drive the ball like Harmon did and putt like he did, hard to beat. So we've teased it, right? We did. We have to talk about what we think are a couple of good stories, and I'm going to I'm gonna let you start. Give me it quickly, a couple names that you thought were great stories, unexpected or not, and why. Well, I think just the year in general, one of the names you have to come back to is Jason Day. It plays well on Sunday in you know, less than favorable conditions. Goes out and shoots uh, one of the best scores on the course, another two under par. Unfortunately, moving day and just the totality of this tournament, the the start that Harmon got off to, couldn't quite make up that ground. But uh, Jason Day, I, I mean, to me, in terms of non-major winners, Jason Day is one of the biggest stories from this season. Oh, for sure. Him, him re- revitalizing his game is – it's great for golf because he is a fan favorite. Seems to be one of the guys out there that everybody loves. Um, what else you got? Well, uh, you know, I, I would say Tommy Fleetwood failing to me is uh, one of the other big storylines from the weekend. And, you know, I say failing with the understanding that, you know, this was Harmon winning. So when I say Fleetwood fails, I don't want to take anything away from Harmon was just nails Got off to the fast start and then was terrific after, you know, again, four bogeys combined in the first, let's call it, ten holes Saturday and Sunday, and yet he just stabilized it and was was largely uh, great. Having said that, though, from the Fleetwood camp, I mean, you're right there. You're the hometown favorite. Everybody's pulling for you, and you couldn't deliver the goods on Saturday and Sunday. So 
I'm definitely taking note in terms of the, hey, who's the next first-time major winner to go win one of these things? Okay, Fleetwood, you've shown me a lot of Fowler. I hate to say it. I love my man Ricky Fowler, but when you're the guy that's been there, been there, been there, and doesn't get across the finish line, I hate to say it, but I'm taking note. I feel like even though we're separated by glass here that you shot an arrow and you just drilled me right in the heart, you know, because I got suckered in again. I'm, I, Hey, <laughs> I was so mad at myself after that was over Sunday going, you're an idiot. You fell for it again. But here's, here's my shockers. I agree with you on Jason Day. Love Jason Day. He's an he, he's a incredible player. Tom Kim. You just look up, and this guy is right in the middle of everything, playing well all the time now. Is he a guy that we should be just circling for the next couple of years and saying, is he going to win a major? I think he's, uh, yeah, absolutely. South Korean uh, golfer, by the way. He, I think he's earned that respect, right? Young guy, too. So, I mean, he's... Uh, 17th in the official world golf ranking, so he's climbing, already climbing, shot climbing. way up there. And he's 21 years old. He's a pup. Yeah. I mean, he can barely buy a cocktail. 32 out of 40 cuts made, couple of PGA Tour wins, five top fives, 10 top tens. One runner up, by the way, too. So, and, and again, you in the golf world earn your respect by what? What you do in major championships. And he has certainly said, hey, I'm here, and I'm here to stay. No, I agree. I, so him, you know, I, I was surprised, but I wasn't. I just think he is the next guy you need to keep your eye on. The, the one that really surprised me that played well, that I didn't expect it at all, I'm, I mean, there's two. I'm going to leave Grillo out just because I, I, I think that was one-hit wonder, is Sepp Straka. Sepp, Sepp's played well. Um, he's been a good player, not a great player. I was really kind of surprised that he hung in there and was a factor. I did not expect that. So, I mean, he's got, you know, he's 25th in the world, got a couple of wins. Um, Won the John Deere recently. Yeah. That is a big tournament, the John Deere. <laughs> Absolutely it is. <laughs> Sorry. Caitlin Clark played in it, so it's a big deal. Yeah, I think we're going to have a live event on that uh, if Coming years, I mean the John. Every Deere, weekend, yeah, on. that it's played. Come on, but he did. Um, he did win it, right? You get points for, uh, for you, winning a, yeah. a PGA event. You you do have you do get credit for winning. Sepp's a little bit older. He's a thirty year old, but I feel like he's got enough under his belt now that he could be a factor. I mean, he seems to be kind of a bulldog mentality wise, which is I think the attribute that you have to have out there. And so, you know, what he did over the weekend was what was impressive right 70 69 yes I mean you know I was a little disappointed in the weather last week Josh because the forecast was to be cruddy all week with wind and rain and that only came to fruition on on Sunday afternoon a little bit late Saturday yeah a little bit but I was a little disappointed in that because I think most golf fans want to see an open that's dicey. With like weather. Sunday. Yes, yes. <laughs> they want to see four days of that. But 
You know, all in all, I, I mean, we talked a lot in previous shows about Ricky. Really happy that he's played well. And then Max Homa played well in this event. I mean, I know he was really disappointed in his play at the Open, you know, on what seemingly was his home course. Sure. And, and, and he played poorly. So we'll see if Max Homa can be more consistent in the majors. But he certainly got the game for it. Shubanker Sharma, are you uh, all in? Again, you took the name. I wasn't going there. I, I would have butchered that. I would have sounded eh, like some other guys in the market when they try to pronounce names. Um, <laughs> Indeed. So I'm not going to do that to myself. But, no, I'm not buying it. Um, Cam Young, you're still uh, – and this gets into the – I'm buying Cam Young. And, and it wasn't a great finish. I mean, he, he shot two over in the final round, so that part wasn't – wasn't great and you know I mean look that's going to happen in golf tournaments major championships any golf tournament but uh, that's not not scaring you off at all Nah. still it, it speaks to though again relative to the expectations right I mean if that's McElroy or if that's Rom we're we're probably crushing those guys a little bit but because it's Cam Young you look at the week as a whole and you're like all right good tournament yeah, no, I just I, – I think he's one of those players that, because of his length, is going to be a factor out there. I think he's – that could win at any point in time. So we haven't shared anything about what's going on this week. We'll do that next before we get out of here. One final time, the Gimme Zone's back next right here on The Rev. So for next week, consider this our – and I'm speaking probably more so to myself, Brian, than you. Consider this our weekly homework – Let's start really shifting into Ryder Cup mode. Who knew, Who needs to be on this team? What are the storylines there as we go forward? Uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs, I mean, you made the remark to me, and I, I tend to agree with you. The elevated events almost has taken, I think, a bite out of that. It's, uh, you know, I mean, look, I'm going to be dialed into golf regardless, but probably, you know, the, the big FedEx Cup playoff payout – I mean, it's not as important when, again, you have elevated events throughout the entirety of the the course of the year. Uh, year, excuse me. But uh, the Ryder Cup, I mean, that's the next big thing we're counting down toward. The uh, 3M Open. Can I interest you in uh, what the leaderboard leaderboard looks like over there in the Twin Cities? Well, I got up early, so I might need a nap, Josh. Uh, not really. Lee Hodges, Tyler Duncan. I mean, yeah, Tony Finau playing there well again. He's won there before. Um, so yeah, um, not really. Snedeker, did you know, uh, I guess I just, you know, because he's not been playing, I, I wasn't really, I guess, paying attention to it. Snedeker, I guess, uh, what, has had like a major surgery and is kind of working his way back. He's playing well this week. That's a nice little story. Yeah, that is. I was aware of it. I don't know what that surgery was, but he's been out for a bit. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was really ready to watch uh, JT on the weekend, but uh, – well, that's not. I mean, happen. I think that's the big story, right? Uh, you to know, me, I, that's the big story because he needed the showing to validate getting picked for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, here's and the story. Here's the story I was thinking about. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you, you finish. So your I just thought. said he just needed he he needed to play well in this event, and again, did not. So I, you know, I don't know how you can choose him. And we'll talk more about that next week for sure, though. Yeah, that's that's way more important than me jumping in to tell you, hey, I found the story about Brant Snedeker's uh, bizarre experimental surgery. Sorry, the uh, the headline here, I found it, and uh, I got a little too little too out over my skis. I don't mean to trample all over you. I, I do think, though, I mean, I'm sorry, with all due respect to the 3M Open, the, uh, the biggest story is Justin Thomas not being a part of the weekend, right? 
I agree. I mean, I think everybody expects Finau to play well. Um, you know, I, I, I'm honestly more interested in the Corn Ferry event this week. And, hey, thank you to Anera Sports for uh, trusting the ref with their their marketing for the Corn Ferry event here in Norman. I appreciate them. The other thing, you, you know, right now you've got near the top of the leaderboard, you've got Chris Goddard, former OU player, um, and – I think watching what he can do would be outstanding. I think Logan McAllister finished top two or three last week, so I like that. The other Former person, Sooners, baby. The other shout-out we got to give before we get out of here, Seth Wadley Chevrolet down in Paul's Valley, America, had us out yesterday. Big grand opening. They've got their big grand opening this weekend. Get down there and buy you a car or a truck, and they've got a band. They have a huge grand opening, so get down there. There you go. I love it. Or just, you know, start thinking about what maybe your next vehicle would be. Take a test drive. You know what else I'm thinking about? Five weeks, OU football, 11 a.m., baby. So close. Hey, that's it for us. Everybody have a great weekend. Brian Harmon, your Open champion. We'll see you next week, everybody.